You're listening to the River City Church Podcast. Our desire is that you know Jesus, experience freedom, find community, and discover purpose. For more information, check us out on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co. Here's the message. Today, we're in 2 Samuel 5. Verse 17, and this is a story jumping into the middle of a moment that was one of the most important moments in David's life. David is, of course, known for becoming uh, the second king of Israel. He's known for having slain Goliath and, uh, as a young man. And, uh, you know, in, in, in the Psalms, he's known as a worshiper who wrote uh, many, if not most, of the Psalms. And uh, as he poured out his heart to God, in fact, we know that uh, he also created instruments because he was creating new ways to worship. He was a warrior and a worshiper. Uh, we, we need to be both of those. We need to be a, a worshiper, a lover of God. We need, to, we need to be a warrior. We need to fight for people. We need to fight for God's purpose in the earth. And uh, here's what it says. Now, when the Philistines, the enemies, uh, heard that they had anointed now David as king over all Israel, that all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it, and he did something in response. He went down to the stronghold. He went down to the stronghold, and the Philistines also went, and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, and so David did something very key. He inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I go up against the Philistines? Uh, Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim, uh, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means the master or Lord of breakthrough. Uh, And they left their images there. The Philistines left their idols as they were defeated. They were scattered. And David and his men carried them away. Uh, Don't be overly concerned. Uh, We we, we need to recognize what the enemy is doing around us in our communities and in the world. We need not be ignorant of it. But, but there's things that seem strong now that when, the, when God goes to war, when God goes to battle, when breakthrough happens in your life and mine, things that we thought were unchangeable become real, real simple before God. Things that seem impossible, giants begin to fall. And these idols that they carried, that they worshiped, that they thought would give them victory, they left behind uh, before David and his men. And David and the men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again, deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, therefore David and inquired of the Lord, and he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them, come upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be when you hear the sound. Uh, this is, God put this on my heart for you this week. This is, this is the verse he took me to. Uh, it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. What are they listening for? They're listening for marching. And then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezar. Uh, So so, so it starts in this passage with a simple statement that uh, David is anointed as king. In fact, the beginning of the chapter starts with that story. Uh, David becomes king uh, fully over all Israel. He had been anointed king over his tribe alone a couple years before. Uh, But now he's king over all the tribes, all of Israel. Uh, And and if you don't know his story, there's about a 10-year, a decade gap between when God had, had given him victory over Goliath and he served under King Saul and when he would be in exile and he had to flee from the presence of Saul because Saul was as bad a boss as you've ever had. And David has to flee the presence of Saul and run for his life, but even on the run, God gives him victory. 
And over a decade of time, there's a span, a gap, and I believe that gap was the most important season of David's life because that was the season where God prepared him to be a king. David was a king before he ever had a throne before he ever had a title, before people outwardly recognized it. He, he allowed God to do on the inside of him what only God could do. And because of that, he was born for that moment. He was, he was shaped for that moment, and now he's become king. And this is kind of the fulfillment, really, of a, of a decades-long prophetic promise over David's life. If you've ever carried a promise for a long time, we talked in the last series about the promise over Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child, and it took two decades in their case before God brought about the answer to that promise, and sometimes we, we, we see things instantly, and sometimes we think, see things over a season, but uh, no matter how long the season is, it's always about equipping and transforming something on the inside of us, and uh, David is at the end of that, and it's a moment. Like, if David's gonna celebrate, this is to celebrate. But you'd think that would be like, after he's waited all this time, that the battles would now be over. The promise has happened, the prayer's been answered. But actually it says that when the Philistines heard that David was now anointed king, rather than yield, rather than ignore it, they went to fight. And sometimes, I, I, here's been my experience in the lives of, of many people, not only here, but in 18 years of ministry, I found, and even in my own life, the biggest battles were often just before my biggest answers, or sometimes just after. And we often don't recognize those moments, and so we get discouraged. We, we don't recognize, see, David was anointed, but he was anointed for something. What does it mean to be anointed? In, in, in the Bible, the word anoint literally means to smear. It means that they would take oil and pour it out over their heads. So David's anointed as king. They pour a horn of oil. In fact, David's anointed three times over his life. Uh, each one of them were key seasons. But there was a recognition that God's presence and the Holy Spirit's power was coming upon his life to mark him for a calling. Acts 10.38 says that Jesus was anointed by God. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who did two things. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So everything that God wants to do through your life and mind requires the touch of God on our life. God never calls us to do things that are capable without him. And yet God calls David, anoints David, the people recognize what God's placed because people always catch up to what God's already seen. We worry about why people don't recognize, you know, oh man, I, you know, I wish my boss would see how hard I work and I, I wish this, you know, we, we get preoccupied with what people don't see instead of recognizing God promotes, God exalts, God opens doors that no man can open and he shuts doors that I don't need to walk through. So that's why the focus is on him, not on the people and not on others around you. Don't get discouraged. Don't stop looking at others. But God does this. So here's David. The enemy comes, and he comes for a reason, because the enemy's trying to, to prevent David from advancing. He's trying to crush. The enemy is trying to crush the purpose on David's life. In fact, the enemy positions at a place called Rephaim, which is, is between Jerusalem and Bethel, or Bethlehem, excuse me, in between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And this was intended, I believe, to cut off David from any strength and any support. But David does something first when he hears of the enemy arriving. And I've got three points today. The first one comes from this. David goes down to the stronghold, it says. Where do you turn when the pressure's on? <laughs> Where do you turn when the battle shows up? Where do you turn when the season's tough? Where do you turn when things don't work out the way you expected? 
Where do you turn when gas is like $45 a gallon? Where do you turn when things are, when, when the heat's turned up a bit? I think this is an important question to answer. Because David does something. He goes to a place of strength and security. He goes to the stronghold. You know what the Bible tells us in the Proverbs? It says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The reason I I made this point of question is because often we think we're running to God, but the reality is we're running to anything and everything but And if we run to other things instead of the stronghold of the name of the Lord, instead of his word, instead of his presence, instead of his promise, what ends up happening is we are empty of the peace we need, the joy we need, and honestly, the strength we need to overcome. Uh, You know, a lot of times we we look to, the pressure's on, and we we try to, to medicate the pressure away. We try to look for other things to deal with and have other outlets for, but it doesn't fit here. Whatever you're turning to, does it fix it? You don't have to answer that. Does it it fill you? Does it free you? Because he goes to the stronghold. In fact, David's real stronghold, his real strength wasn't even a fortress, although he would go to a, a fortress. He was actually, the real strength of his life is found in the very thing David does next. He inquired of the Lord. His strength was in running to God. His strength was in being anchored to the presence of God. And no matter what life throws at you, if you stay anchored to God himself, he'll be your foundation and stronghold in every season. It's impossible to defeat people that find their strength in God. He, uh, he inquires of the Lord, and he says, should I go fight them? Should I fight this enemy? And the Lord gives him the, the green light, says, yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm going to deliver them into your hand. Do you know what the Bible says, John 14 and and 16? Let me read a couple verses from what Jesus told the disciples right before they were about to go through one of their toughest moments. Jesus is about to be betrayed, arrested, crucified. uh, And and through that whole process, his disciples would crack under the pressure and flee and run. uh, But here, before he goes to the cross, Jesus tells his disciples, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's gonna teach you all things and remind you of everything I said to you. Uh, Peace I leave with you. My peace, this is Jesus, red letters, my peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Chapter 16, same conversation, two chapters ahead, verse 32. He says, indeed, the hour is coming, yes, is even now come, that some of you, you're all going to be scattered, each to his own, and you're actually going to leave me alone. Yet I'm, watch what Jesus says. This is what his peace looks like. He says, yet I'm not alone. He says, I'm not alone because the Father's with me. Have you ever said that? God, I'm alone. Why? This person left. That that person quit on me, and this happened, and that person. No, no, no. He he says, I'm not alone. And then he, he tells his disciples, very next verse, these things I've already told you, that in me you may have peace. See, we can either be crushed by pressure or we can be planted in peace. Those are the choices. And here's what he says. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. The word there is tribulation. It's in Greek, it's the word that literally can be translated as pressure. There's no shortage of pressure in the world. Maybe you're under pressure right now. 
Financial pressure, relational pressure, like in your faith, there's a, a, a spiritual pressure. The enemy's trying to undermine what God has started in you. But here's what Jesus said. You can be of good cheer. You can celebrate. Not because of the pressure, but because I have already overcome the world. See, it's not a fair fight. The devil showed up with a knife to a gunfight. But the problem is we don't know what we've been given in Jesus. We don't, when we turn to something else other than our stronghold, when we, when we run from the enemy that we're called to face and we don't stay anchored in the presence of God, David, his real strength wasn't his skill of his sling when he took down Goliath. It wasn't his, his expert administration as a king. It wasn't even his ability to write songs. It wasn't any of the gifts he had. The strength of David's life was he had a stronghold. And he stayed anchored in the presence of God. Number two, there's breakthrough for your battle. There's breakthrough for your battle. Breakthroughs are defined a couple ways. Uh, first, as a military advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line. Church, this is not time for the church, the, the body of Christ, capital C church, to be on the run, to go into hiding. You know, we're, we're, we're panicking and, you know, half the church in the world all over is like, this is nothing. We've been dealing with this for decades. <laughs> you know, people who don't have access to the Bible and people that are under persecution, pastors are giving their lives every week to advance, you know. So, so, so here's what it also means to an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstacle, a restriction, overcoming a stalemate, a standstill. Lastly, it's a sudden or significant advance, a development, achievement, or an increase, whether it's knowledge or diplomacy or anything, that there's a breakthrough is things have been at a standstill, and now they break through. Now they advance. David inquires of God, and God tells him the enemies position themselves. They've placed themselves in the valley to try to stop you from progressing, to try to stop you from breaking out of where you're at. David had just taken the city of, of Jerusalem, and now the enemy's positioned between Jerusalem and Bethlehem to cut him off. And yet David hears from God, you're going to battle. So that's what he does. He, he obeys what God said. He goes and fights. And the answer is he goes to a place called Baal Perizim, the Lord of the Breakthrough. And God gives him victory over the Philistines. And he celebrates it by saying, God has given me breakthrough like a breakthrough of water. He's, he's crashed through my enemies. And no matter what your battle is right now, all of our fights may be different. All the things we may be dealing with may be different, but the truth is still the same. The promise is still the same. God is a God who breaks through everything the enemies try to lock up. The issue is what David did. The reason why most people don't have a breakthrough or don't have a sudden advance in their life is because they don't do simply what David did. David prayed first. David didn't depend on his own skill. David's not a novice. He knows his stuff. He's been in a fight or two. In fact, he's actually fought the Philistines a lot. And yet, rather than rest on his own wisdom, history, experience, knowledge, and ability, I wonder how much more we could see accomplished in our life if we would not just depend on what we can do, but we would pray first. We would, we would invite God to step into our relationships. We'd invite God to be at the, at the center. We'd invite God to be the one to build our marriage. We'd invite God to be the one that would help us to grow, that would help us to advance. See, in our, in our faith, in our relationship with God, we're either progressing or we're regressing. 
There, there actually is no standing still. And if, if you know, I've, I've had these moments, even as in my relationship with God, where I go, have I grown this year from where I was a year ago at this time? I think it's a, it's, you know, a, a healthy question to ask, because I don't want my faith to be at the same place next year, next July, as it is right now. You know, I, I hear people say, well, I've been in church, I've been a Christian for 30 years. Well, it's possible, but maybe you've just been a Christian for one year repeated 30 times. I know, it's a little early for that, sorry. <laughs> and God wants to grow us, because he's created us to be more than just people that come to church. He's called us to be the church that turns the world upside down. What if the reason why the Philistines are unchallenged is because we haven't shown up? And every one of us has a, has a calling. Every one of us is called to see breakthrough in our lives, our families, our communities. I think North, North Iowa should be different because of the capital C church right here. And, and so there's no such thing. So I, I read this um, during Wednesday at the beginning of the year. Uh, it was, I won't read the whole article, but there's a New York Times article that, that identified the dominant emotion of 2021. And the dominant emotion it described was, was languishing. And it, 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 let me just read this definition to you, uh, they, or how they described it. They said, it wasn't burnout. We still had some energy. We weren't depressed. We didn't feel hopeless. Uh, we just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. That's languishing. To languish means to droop, to be, by implication, to be sick, to mourn, to, to be weak, to wax fable. Anytime there's stagnation, that's what the enemy does. They're, he's positioned there to stop them from progressing, to stop David and his men from advancing. Don't let the enemy stop you from growing. Don't let, don't let fear, don't let anything the enemy tries to do in your life keep you from moving forward. No, no. Before I give you the last point, I love what happens. David defeats the enemy God, with God's help. God gives him victory. But then it says the Philistines, like you, you think it would be over. But if you didn't know, when, when Jesus crushed the head of the serpent, he got brain damage. And so he keeps trying things that won't work. I think is he's seen it work enough because he thinks if he hits you again in that same area, if he fights you again, if he, if he, if he tries to tell you that God didn't really do it, The, the Philistines win again, it says, to the same place. Once again, the Philistines, hey, I, I, I thought I beat this. I thought I overcame this. I thought I, I, thought I, I dealt with that issue. Why is, this, why is this rearing its head again? I thought we, 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 we're past this. Well, the reason for that is the battle. And, and the enemy's just trying again. I, I had one of these toys when I was a kid, um, uh, it, it was, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It was, it was an inflatable thing that you'd punch and it bounced back. Some people had Bozo the Clown on it. I had Superman, so you'd, you'd punch it and it bounced back and then you'd just wrestle with it and tackle it. But no matter what you did, it would always bounce back. And sometimes it's like that in, in, in the fight you and I are in and we feel like, man, I thought I dealt with this. But when God gives breakthrough and the enemy tries to come back, the enemy tries to rear his head again, the issue, maybe it's not a spiritual enemy, maybe it's a problem that comes again. But here's what David does. 
He doesn't rely on yesterday's breakthrough for tomorrow, today's problem. He prays again. He inquires of the Lord a second time. Oh, I gotta stop preaching, we're almost done. Uh, but here, here's what I want you to catch. David inquires a second time. I think so many times we get comfortable with the same methodology, the same, we're almost, things are so predictable. Do you know Jesus rarely healed somebody the same way? He's the same healer, but the method changed over and over. Sometimes he'd speak a word, lay hands. Sometimes he even got creative and spit in the mud and rubbed it in the guy's eye. Ready for an altar call after that? And because the method wasn't what was important, we, we exalt the method because it's predictable. We like a God we can figure out instead of depend upon and go to. And David inquires the Lord a second time because he can't depend on, and, and God actually tells him no the second time. And here's what he says, should I go after them? Should I go up against this troop? God says no. Here's what you should do. Go around behind the trees. Go around a different way. Circle back behind the mulberry trees. In other words, God says, we're doing it different this time. See, we, we, we think a no is a bad thing from God. A no is actually a repositioning. When God says no, it's always to reposition you for a better yes. Anybody ever had God tell you no besides me? No. <laughs> so, so, so no isn't a bad thing. It doesn't keep you from, it keeps you for. David could have gone into the wrong battle at the wrong time. But God said, wait, go a different way. Third and final point is God is fighting for you. God is fighting for you. What does God tell him? God says, I want you to uh, go behind the trees and I want you to listen. Well, any of us that are like, I like to be active. I don't like to sit and listen. I like to be doing something. Like, like if I'm in a conversation with someone and there's an awkward pause, I, I'll come up with something to say. <laughs> I just will. And yet, it's so vital that we learn to listen, that we learn to wait on God. Last verse 23, I'll read it again. Therefore David inquired the Lord. God said, you shall not go up. Circle behind them. Come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And then God says, I want you to hear when you hear the sound of marching. When you hear the sound of marching, then advance. See, his next breakthrough was tied to how well he could listen. Because God said, you're going to listen for the sound of marching because the, what's going to win the battle is not your army, David, but mine. It's not your strength, David, but mine. And God gave him victory. God gave him an advance. God broke the stalemate. God crushed the enemy who reared his head a second time, and he did it with a promise. And David had to listen, and he had to hear. And I believe that God today is going to give you a new word for this season. God's going to give you a new promise for this season. God may change how you're doing some things. Do you know, even in my relationship with God, God never does things always the same way because he's teaching me and he's teaching us to be dependent. We, we reduce God to a, a good principle, and I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm a teacher, and I, it's, it, it's too easy for us as teachers of God's word even to reduce God to principle. Like, here's your five steps to blessed. 
but what God's always been after is relationship. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. Let me pray with you. Prayer team, if you come down too. If you need breakthrough, it doesn't even matter what it is because we have a God who's still master, Lord of every breakthrough we need. Our part is to, to, to go to him first, to invite him in first. David inquired of the Lord. Do you know David never lost a battle that he inquired of God first? Not once. There was never a time God steered him wrong. Never a time he inquired of the Lord and God gave him bad advice. But in this moment, he was gonna have to trust, go do it a different way. And I believe God's gonna give some, some wisdom here today, some strategies to you directly. But we have to listen. In our prayer team, we're gonna pray for you because I believe God's gonna break through some things that have been held up, have been locked up because God will fight for you. I'd rather have God fighting for me than me trying it on my own. Every, every breakthrough I've ever had happened because God went before me and he's gone before you. Right where you're at, if you just say, you know, Brian, I, I, I need breakthrough. <laughs> There's some things I need breakthrough with. And I need to invite God into, maybe, maybe it's in a relationship. Some of my favorite prayers that I've seen God answer have been for those that I couldn't help on my own. But when I prayed, God went ahead of me. God began to change hearts and God began to work and set captives free. And God began to do all of that. If you need breakthrough, just lift your hands to God. You say, that's, that's me, right where I'm at. I need, I need breakthrough. I need some breakthrough in a couple things. Maybe this is just for me. Because I'm believing for God to, to change our city. I'm, I'm believing for that we're going to see the greatest things in our lifetime that we've ever seen. But it's only going to happen as we listen. There's a sound of marching today, church. God's, God's gone before you. Just lift your hands to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're the God of all wisdom and all comfort and whatever the battle is right now that people may be in. You're the, the God who breaks through, who goes before us. And God, we just declare over every life, over every situation, every family member that's far from God, every, every person that's bound. God, we declare your breakthrough, your your victory. We invite you into that situation that we've been trying to fix on our own. You're the provider in any economy. You're the healer with any diagnosis. You're the, you're the answer for every question. And God, we invite you to do what only you can in Jesus' name. And today we respond. Like David, we wait on you. Holy Spirit, begin to speak to hearts even this morning. God's going to begin to give wisdom. Some of you have been waiting, needing an answer, needing direction. God, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and as he begins to show you, even now, as you pray, if it doesn't make sense, if it looks like walking around the tree, 
like David did. Why wouldn't I just go this way? No, no, go, go around the other way. Do it this way. And listen, God, God, God went before David. God's going before you. He's going before your family. Jesus, Jesus. If you need prayer for breakthrough, I do want to invite you down. Our prayer team's going to pray over you. Maybe you need peace today. Maybe what you've been turning to has, has not given you the security and the peace that you need, but it's time for Jesus to give us the strength, to give us the hope, to give us the comfort. If you need prayer, come on down. I'll, I'll be up here up front too. We're, we'll pray with you. Let this be a day that you don't allow the battle to create a boundary. Oh, well, pushing that way means there's a fight. <laughs> no, 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 let's go after it. You're going to break through that thing. I'm believing that even this summer, we're going to see answers to prayer, answers to prayer that have taken a long time to see happen, but you're going to see some things begin to happen quickly. Let's believe God for it. If you need prayer, come on down. We love you guys. We trust this message encourages you in faith and in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about River City Church, find us on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co.